Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Dharma. I am your host, Heather Love. I'm excited you're here. I'm doing a special eight-week series based on the teachings in The Book of Joy, authored by Douglas Abrams. This book has changed my life, and I wanted to share it with you. In 2015, good friends, His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu met in India over the course of a week to discuss the nature of joy and obstacles to reaching it. Together, they offered eight pillars of joy, which provide the foundation for lasting happiness. In this series, we'll break down each pillar in detail so that you will have the tools you need to find pure joy. I have highlighted so many passages in my copy of the book. I will talk about some of these highlights during the episodes, but would love for you to pick up your own copy and pick out your own favorite parts. Please join me in finding lasting happiness in a changing world. Pillar 7. Compassion. This is the third of the four joy pillars that are qualities of the heart. At the beginning of this series, we discussed the four pillars that are qualities of the mind. Last week, we talked about what gratitude is and how just five minutes a day can change your life. By starting the day being grateful that you even woke up, you are setting the tone for the day. We talked about living your life in a state of childlike wonder and seeing everything in the world as magical, even if you think you know how things are going to turn out. We talked about how our enemies can actually be our best teachers and how we should appreciate those lessons. If you haven't given it a listen yet, I invite you to go check it out. Let's move on to compassion. At its core, compassion is defined as having concern for others. No matter what religion or tradition speaks to you most, more likely than not, one of the main messages is love and compassion. Scientists even say that basic human nature is compassion. In this chapter of the book, both the Dalai Lama and the Archbishop emphasize compassion as instinctual and said that we are hardwired to connect and care with and about others. The Dalai Lama went on to say that suffering is caused by too much self-centered thinking and that a compassionate concern for others' well-being is the source of happiness. So if we're all born as compassionate humans, what the hell is going on in the world today? Well, we've forgotten what is born within us. Not all of us, of course, but many people have had experiences in which they have learned a new way of life, one where compassion isn't what drives them. One where a concern for others is not at the forefront, if it's even a consideration at all. I do believe that many, many, many of us are waking up and making changes towards a better world where we are growing and learning how to care about others at least as much as we care about ourselves. I personally don't like to speak in absolutes, so I took this next part that the Dalai Lama said with a grain of salt. 
While I think that this is probably usually true, I definitely think there are exceptions. He said that we all learn compassion from our mother's nurturing or lack thereof. I understand why he is saying this, though, because generally it is the feminine energy that shows us what it means to be cared for by someone else, to be loved, to be supported, and how to be kind. He says that compassion is trying to expand this maternal instinct. And even when it comes to animals, if you think about most species, it's usually the mothers that stay with the babies and make sure they're fed and protected. So in many ways, it could be said that this is true for humans too. The Dalai Lama and the Archbishop spoke of compassion so much throughout this week that the author thought the book might be called the book of compassion instead of the book of joy. They truly believe that it is an essential way of life. It was so interesting to see how much they genuinely cared about each other when they had only met in person a handful of times. They talked about how if you want fewer problems, that you have to develop a serious concern for the well-being of others. They went on to talk about the importance of community and that if someone is suffering and you can help, that you should. I think it's important to note that they did mention that if you truly cannot help someone to relieve their suffering, that you can pray for them or otherwise wish them well in some way. I have a couple of thoughts about this. I have seen a lot on the internet lately about people saying that thoughts and prayers do nothing and you should just keep them to yourself. While I understand the sentiment behind this, as those saying that are generally angry about the reasons behind why something happened and are screaming for change, I do think thoughts and prayers do something. Everything in this universe is energy. If I'm sending good thoughts or positive vibes to someone or their loved one, and that is truly the only thing I can do to help them in that moment, I genuinely think that makes a difference. We all get to raise the vibration of this planet. We do that by raising our own vibration and then by sending that frequency out into the universe so that others can feel it. In fact, there has been research to show that a ripple effect can extend two or three degrees of separation. So if you are kind and compassionate, your friends, your friends' friends, and your friends' friends' friends will also likely become more kind and compassionate. Isn't that fascinating? Compassion is contagious. The other thing that I want to touch on is when you always put others first. This is not healthy. My personal opinion is that the magic happens when you are in balance and there is a harmony between doing what fills your own heart and doing what benefits others. It has been my experience that when we lean too heavily into making sure others are taken care of before we take care of ourselves, It gets really easy to cross into people-pleasing territory and where you are looking for validation of your worthiness based on the response from others and how much they appreciate you. That isn't compassion. Compassion will never ask you to lose yourself for the sake of helping others. 
You have to be full and complete, and then you will have the energy to show compassion. Your needs have to be met first. Otherwise, what you are showing is not compassion. It's obligation. As both men pointed out in this chapter, it's hard to love others as you love yourself if you don't love yourself. The lesson here is that it doesn't mean that you can't help someone else, even if you're going through your own stuff. In fact, I would say that most of the time, if you can help someone else in their time of need, then you will also heal at the same time. There is something so rewarding about helping others and showing them that you care. When you take the focus off your own pain, you are no longer in the me mentality. You are looking to be of service in a way that helps others. You can still make sure your own needs are met and also help others. And it doesn't diminish the level of compassion that you put out into the world. When you help to reduce the suffering of others, your own suffering is also reduced. When you go from poor me to how can I help, literally everything shifts in and around you. You can have compassion for yourself and compassion for others at the same time. It's not an either or situation. The bottom line is that if you are going through a tough time, be as caring and kind to yourself as you would be to your seven-year-old self. Compassion is really when you want what's best for the other person. Some people fear compassion because they think that they'll have a sense of hopelessness. But unless you're an empath who hasn't learned how to protect yourself from others' emotions, having compassion is really an empowered state to be in. As the Dalai Lama described it, if we see a person being crushed by a rock, the goal is not to get under the rock and feel what they're feeling. It is to help remove the rock. When you help others, endorphins are released into your brain. The same reward centers of the brain light up when you're doing something compassionate as when you think of chocolate. Unless, of course, you don't like chocolate for some very weird reason, and then you can substitute with some other food that you love. When we help others, we release oxytocin, which reduces inflammation of the cardiovascular system. Compassion literally makes our hearts happy, and healthy. If you haven't grown up being shown compassion or find it a difficult thing to express to others, just know that it is something that can be learned. You have the ability to be considerate of others in every situation you are in. You are not perfect. None of us are. It might take some time. That's okay. Be gentle with yourself. Start small and sit quietly and feel the love you have in your heart. Imagine that love getting bigger and bigger and shining a bright light all around you. Now send that compassion out to people you love or anyone that might need a little extra boost today. After you've done this, see how much better you feel. See how much your energy can make a difference. Start there and see how it goes. Until next time, when we talk about the final pillar, joy pillar number eight, generosity. Thank you for listening and have a magical day. 
If you love conversations like this, I invite you to head on over to my free Facebook community where you'll find like-minded people who are also interested in living their best lives. If you've struggled to be understood or feel like your friends never quite got you, you no longer need to feel alone on your journey. This is a safe place to show up as your authentic self and connect with others as they do the same. We provide love, support, and resources to you knowing that the best is yet to come. Join us in the Best Days Ahead community on Facebook by clicking on the link in the show notes or in my Instagram bio. See you in there.